hello, hello. Um, I'm David Bruner. I'm the senior minister here at the Center for Spiritual Living in San Jose. And um, that was Simon Russell. It's good to have you in the room. And Billy on drums and Dwayne on bass. And all of us are six feet apart. Does Simon not have a sexy voice? Did that super. Like even when he talks. Yeah. How do you do that? <laughs> so let me, let me tell you... Um, what, what's, what's going on inside of me right now is uh, uh, a sweet fullness of joy that something wonderful is happening right now. Like something for which we've been praying is happening right now. And, and like with anything that's ever transformed me in my life, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily choose the way the transformation took place. I may not choose what it was that triggered the shift, but the shift right now is glorious. Like we have been, we've been praying for what's happening. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Anyway, the reason why I'm sitting here in this um, chair from the youth wing and in one of the tables from the youth wing uh, with, with an amazing human being called Katie Burke is because lately I've been watching uh, late night television and I've noticed that there was something a little off in these late night television programs. One of them is that the hosts who usually do their opening monologue, their opening jokes, uh, it looks a little flat or one dimensional. And I wondered, what's, what's different? And then I realized they have no audience. So there's, there's an emptiness, there's an echo. And I realized that doesn't work for me. So, so I thought one person I speak to regularly in this kind of conversation is Katie Burke. Now, what you may not know about Katie Burke is that she invented a podcast called The Spiritual Involution. Involution is a word that is pretty often used in the science of mind. In order to have spiritual evolution, you must have spiritual involution. So involution precedes evolution. And so Katie and I, um, we, we began The Spiritual Involution podcast. Well, she began it. She lets me hang out. Not so, true. We co-created it. Yeah, so, so almost, almost every week, usually every other week, I go to Katie's house, and she has a, she's kind of a hippie, uh, hippie mom. She's one of those, one of those. Um, well, if you want to, if you're hungry and you want some food that's really, really tasty, really, really good, completely homemade, probably organic, with all the vitamins you need, go to Katie's house. So I go to her house and we record the spiritual involution every week. But I usually sit in, in um, the chair of either her daughter Tess, who's three, or her son Noah, who's six. six. Tess just turned four two days ago. Tess is now four? four. Oh four. my God, it's a different era. So we usually sit in these chairs and, and here we are. So today I wanted to do the spiritual involution podcast via Face Stream Live, live stream, and uh, Katie Burke. So hi, Katie, welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you're here. Me too. It's so weird being this far apart from you. I know. How do you feel about that? Because um, you're the extrovert, and uh, I, I was never a hugger, so this whole thing is actually... It's good for you? I mean, it's not good. It's just not troubling me, I think, as, as it is for people like you. you know? It actually doesn't trouble me at all. I'm finding I'm, I'm more content than I thought that it would be. In fact, I'm surprised at how happy I am. And so I'm wondering, maybe I'm secretly a, an extroverted introvert. 
Mm. Mm. Anyway, tell me about this. What's this? So this is our physical demonstration of what six feet apart actually looks like. Uh, to be honest, it is 73 inches, so it's one inch a little bit beyond what we have to be. We could move in a little. Okay. Um, but this is the recommendation that, uh, you know, we stay six feet apart to avoid, avoid uh, any germ giving. And what I didn't realize when I made this is that the circles a little bit look like a virus. <laughs> they did, not a little bit, Katie, a lot. Yeah, so that was so subliminal. I just, I looked at it and went, oh, that's kind of creepy. So then I tried to make them look like flowers. And it just turned into more of a virus. So you turned into turn Because <laughs> the virus has little spiky things that come out. So it just, I don't know. Anyway. Who made this? Mostly I did, actually. I tried to get my kids involved, and they just were not having it. They were not so into it? They weren't as into it as I was hoping. I don't know. So, you know. <laughs> One of the joys that I've noticed that's come out of this time is, um, was prompted, actually, by a little bit of worry. Mauricio's mother, uh, Carmen, she's in her 80s, and she is a very high-risk, um, she's part of a high-risk group. And she t tends to listen to Mauricio. And Mao said to her, you need, you need to sequester yourself right away. Um, the United States was already ahead of the curve with the conversations about shelter in place, or as Reverend Susan says, shelter in grace, or as Soren, who started Wisdom 2.0, he says, connect in place. Um, the U.S. was a little bit ahead of the curve and most folks in Guadalajara were going about life as usual. And Mao said to his mother, no, you need to get your supplies and stay in. But she is, um, she is a highly social creature, highly, like super social. Like Mao. She makes Mao and I look like we're introverts. And so um, through the blessing of, of online connecting tools such as Zoom, let's say. Mao started a Zoom um, account. Early in the morning, he signs on to the Zoom account, and then he sends the link to all of his nieces, nephews, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, cousins, and friends all over the world. So people are in and out of the Zoom room all day long. So his mother is sitting on the sofa with her iPad, talking to people all day long, which, which is lovely for her. Now, now the other end of that is there is a, a big screen in my house that has people coming and going, talking very loudly at the same time, all day long. So I'm glad to be here with you, six feet apart, a little bit quiet. So you're experiencing too much communication. Yes. In the silence. That, can you believe it? That's interesting, yeah. I have a friend, Terry, who I asked all my good girlfriends, like, what should we talk about? And she's a therapist, and she said that's really important that we look at how we can foster not just structure and you know repetitive things that feel comforting, but how do we foster communication? Yes. And that you know doesn't necessarily mean we have to touch or hug, but uh, she finds that just talking to her her clients through Zoom is a thera is therapy in and of itself. Just the talking part, you know, just seeing another human being. And how lucky are we that we live in a time where we can do that through Zoom and, and yeah, your yeah. mom, Mauricio, can have that ability to have that conversation. I mean, what a, I mean, what an amazing thing to have at our disposal that we didn't have earlier. One of the most, um, if there was anything that I'd find myself missing right now, other than being in this very building every day, because I love this building. Actually, this building, this building's got good juju. 
I miss being at the gym with my posse. I really miss being, uh, being held accountable because this has been a week of um, indulging in whatever's in the fridge. And this has been a week of, oh, I'll work out tomorrow because nobody's holding me accountable, and including Mauricio Lopez. Nobody's holding me accountable. And then I saw that Katie Burke, who teaches boot camp, she put something on her Facebook page. She um, was standing in her backyard. She laid a yoga mat out on the, uh, on the ground. And then she had two cans, uh, chili beans and organic pinto beans. And she was showing people how they could do a simple workout without having to have any gym equipment. I'm not gonna ask you to <laughs> demonstrate that right now, but the point is, Yesterday, Mao and I worked out upstairs at our, at our home using a video that was recommended by another member here, Aparna. And we watched this video and I realized we don't have any weights, but I remembered that Katie Burke uses canned beans. So I ran downstairs and, and so um, I worked out with uh, coconut cream and Mauricio worked out with, uh, with black beans. And I wanted to thank you for that. You're welcome. I'm, I'm always happy to be associated with beans. But if, that's funny. If people wanted to follow your videos, how, how could they find them? Uh, well, I'm, I'm just posting them on Facebook, partially out of my own boredom, you know. Uh, <laughs> what, what can I do to get moving um, and be creative and to realize that we don't have the ability to go to a gym? So, you know, not everybody has weights or even a yoga mat. And my point is you don't need that. Um, I've used, my last video was a lemon, which I drew a face on, because you can always find friends in your fruits and vegetables, and you can also work out with wait, them. Wait, 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 can, can you just, because we have a minute, can you show us what people might be able to do with a lemon? You can do a lot of things with a lemon. But that's appropriate for live television. <laughs> yes. Well, I started off with, um, oh, well, at boot camp, we call this hot uh, squat potato. Squat potato. But it's a lemon. You could actually use a, a real potato too and draw a face on it. Try it's this. A, Put your microphone down. Okay. Um, demonstrate, if okay. you will, and tell me whatever you need to say. I'll. You'll say. I'll it. interpret for you. All right. So, oh, the lights might. Hopefully, I don't drop this. So you squat, you throw it, and at, and it's like the, the lemon is. You squat. You throw down, it and squat. pretend the lemon is waiting you. Yeah. The lemon's waiting you down. Squat. And, the lemon's and waiting it's fun. you down. And then you stay in the squat. And then you stay in the squat. And you're going to do some basketball-like And you're, you're going to do some basketball-like crossovers. crossovers. And go through, you know? Uh-huh. That's just part of it. So and you have a video on this as well? <laughs> yes, I have a video. So Can we find this on your Facebook yeah. page? And they're all small. So I give small workouts that you could either do repetitively to create like an hour workout if you wanted. But for me, what I'm finding beneficial is just to do them like randomly throughout the day. Because I just actually, seriously, just doing that made me feel better. Yeah. That like something about the dopamine or the blood flowing, I don't know, so if I'm starting to feel a little down, I'll just you know throw a lemon in the air, get my beans out, and do some bicep curls. And I think for a lot of people, at least for myself, it's daunting to think of, okay, I'm gonna sit down and do a 45 minute workout. Uh, so if I just start with 10, 20 Can minutes. Can we do a group moan? Uh, 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 yeah. That's how I feel. But then you start and you're like, dang, I feel a lot better. I feel happier, I feel lighter. And that's so important right now, not only for your well-being mentally, but you know, and your immune system thrives when you do working, you know, you do exercises as well. So, and all of this is also just to add a little bit of humor and lightness to it. 
All of which is needed so much. Let me ask you, Katie, what does, what does eating well, what does organic food when possible, what does working out have to do with spirituality? It's all one thing. You know, in my mind, we're all interconnected into this world. And our bodies reflect where we live, what we eat, how we act. Um, and for me, it's a complete system that's intertwined. And to pull it apart is almost impossible because it's so knotted up together. So eating organic food supports your body. It leaves out things that you don't want in your body. Working out connects you to the earth, connects you to your heartbeat, connects you to blood flow, connects you to being grounded, in my opinion. Uh, it goes far beyond just like having a six pack or staying thin. That to me is so secondary on, on the level of why you should be working out. And I don't mean hardcore working out. This isn't the time for that, in my opinion. You can, if that makes you feel better. But just to, just to keep your mood up and just to you know, stay in your body. I think a lot of us too, I don't know if you feel this way about exercise, let me know. It's a forced meditation because you are focusing on the lemon. You're focusing on the squat. You're not allowing your brain to go, oh my gosh, uh, there's a shutdown. I just heard a text message from my friend telling me that the tanks are coming in and you know, then you're ah. Oh yeah, martial law. Martial law and, and you know, the conspiracies out there, which I've told you all about. You know, you just, it, it forces you to stop. And so I think that's really needed because your brain can, um, well, at least my brain, I don't know about your brains, it's going on overdrive and it needs to stop sometimes. I read yesterday that in times of crisis, people want to help. So I think what we're invited to do this week is to find ways to allow people to make a contribution to our lives somehow. Last night, um, Mauricio went out of the house to take the, uh, the recycle down to the recycle bin. When he opened the front door, um, there on the planter in our doorway was a bag of homemade cookies made by our next door neighbor, Jane. She and her husband are retired professors. And apparently they went around the building um, leaving bags of homemade cookies on people's porches to make a contribution. People want to help. How is it that um, how is it that you're letting people help you right now? Hmm, that's a good question. I think I'm relying on friends. I'm, I'm noticing that I'm actually using my telephone as a telephone. You know, I'm talking to people rather than texting. And uh, there's some people I haven't actually communicated with uh, more than text for a long time, and I just decided, huh, I'll call you and uh, a mutual supportive system. And also with my husband, I feel like there's been times when I'm the, the one that is down and he picks me up. And then there's times when it, the reality is hitting him in a way and I lift him up. And it's a nice ebb and flow of, you know, connection and then you, you know, provide your support. What about uh, you, David? I'm just looking around this room, which has just a handful of people in here. Um, I'm, I'm finding like right now I'm really relying on people like Eileen and Ilea and the men who are in the sound booth to, to do what they do in ways that I have no idea and to take their coaching and to further what we're up to virtually. I, um, 
I do what I can to make space in the room so that Simon can sing, because I need it, and Billy can drum, because I need it, and Dwayne can bass, because I need it. Um, I've, always been, I've actually always been pretty good at letting people help me, I think. Mostly now what's going on for me is I'm finding out how can I make sure people around me are successful. Like what is it you need in order to succeed? Like finding room for, for Laura to pray because I need it. Oh, we have, um, what does he want me to say about that? Hmm? What does he want me to say about that? Just call it out. Oh, we have, on live stream, we have 117 people at the moment, so um, it's good to be joining this time with you. I, I love that there's a, a chat window, and then we have 48 people on, on Facebook Live. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for spending this time with us. Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty darn sure what's happening right now is that we're helping to set the trend for other centers who will rely on the, the, what it is we're creating so that they can use it. Anyway, thank you for that. Peggy Bassett. Peggy Bassett was the minister at the first religious science church I attended in the 80s. She, she was like my first minister. And it was while she was giving a sermon that I got my calling. I mean, where I am now is because of that moment. She had Lou Gehrig's disease and she passed away not too long after I joined the center. She gave a particular sermon, one of her last, it might have been, even been her last, in Huntington Beach, where when she told the room that she had Lou Gehrig's disease, people kind of freaked out in the room. Like you could sense that people were freaked out by it because a religious scientist is not supposed to have something wrong. You're not supposed to get sick. You're not supposed to be poor. You're not supposed to be scared, worried, or anxious. On a surface level, I can see how people could see that. But in a deeply profound, moving way, she said to the room, those of you whose lives are absolutely perfect as they are, I invite you to float on out through the back door. And then she went on to describe three points that I think are relevant today, 33 years later. One of them is, a crisis is only a turning point. That's all it is. Whatever it looks like a crisis, it's simply a turning point. The trajectory, trajectory we were on has been altered. And as religious scientists, we're like, awesome, what does that mean? Two, perfection can reside in every moment. And we just simply may have to look for it. But perfection resides right now, even with whatever you think is wrong in the world. Perfection resides there, you may have to look for it. And three, victimhood is a choice. Victimhood is a choice. But we were talking, Katie, about um, letting people help you. Yes. <laughs> Hit myself in the face. <laughs> Could you say the first point again? Actually? Yeah. It's a crisis is only a turning point. So 
I was listening to Joe Dispenza yesterday, and he was talking about his journey um, to become the healer that he is. And he had mentioned something that just clicked with me. It was, you know, um, I think I wrote it down somewhere. Oh, in order for us to wake up, we need a wake-up call. And it's interesting when we talk about um, illness as an individual, that the wake-up call is in us as, as one person. And I feel like today in this, in this um, atmosphere, we have a universal wake-up call happening. Like we're all in this together. We're all dealing with an illness together. And if we can pause and slow down enough to recognize the calling that's being called, you know, is there a way? What's, what's the that, calling for you right now? The calling to me is nature. It is mother nature saying, you guys, I've been trying to tell you this. I've been trying to tell you to slow down and take note of what is happening in our world because we are so connected. We are on, on every atom, on every cell, from a virus to a bacteria to our, our emotions, to our body. We are seeped in it and we are killing it. And it does, in my mind, I see her weeping and saying, I need to force them. I need to force them to see this. And this is it. And that's the prayer being answered. I just don't want it to be looked over. And, and sometimes I see us worrying about how we're going to put Band-Aids on it or fix it. But it's, like, it's deeper than that. It's so deep that it's, I just, I just want people to get that. I hope, I hope that we hear her. That's partially why you're here today, by the way. To hear her? To have people hear her? No, you're, you're part of her voice. I, I believe I am, and I believe we all are, and I believe that is our inter interconnectedness. I heard, I heard, um, so you're, one of your author crushes is uh, Joe Dispenza. Joe Dispenza, Michael Singer, and Michael, Bruce Lipton. And Bruce I've got Lipton, three those three? Now. Yeah. I got a lot of them. Um, James Clear is one of my author crushes, and James Clear wrote this week, um, Actually, no, that wasn't James Clear. It was Margot Aaron. Margot Aaron. Margot Aaron said, protecting your attention is the best thing you can do for your health right now. Protect your attention. That's the best thing you can do for your health right now. Because your attention might be wandering somewhere you don't want it to wander. Protect your intention. attention. Protect your attention. James Clear, he wrote in his... Um, on, on Thursdays, he has a three, two, one Thursday. He's got three ideas, two quotes, and a question. Every Thursday, three ideas, two quotes, and a question. And, and uh, in his latest, there was a perspective. I will leave the comments about health concerns to the medical professionals. I will save discussions about quarantine and cancellations for government officials and community leaders. But we all have a role to play in this situation, and my contribution is simple. It's what? I'm asking you that question, so let me, let me set that up again. I'll leave the medical questions to the medical professionals. I'll leave the uh, closures and the rules to the government officials. My, we, we all have a role to play in this situation, and my contribution is simple. It's what, Katie? What is your role in this situation? Um, I think it's to bring a perspective to pause, to pause and look at the bigger picture that's, that's out there and to connect with yourself and to connect with each other. Um, 
I feel we're just inundated right now with information on facts, on fear, on laws, on politics, on all these things that are missing the point. They are missing the point. And this isn't gonna last long enough if we miss this opportunity to collectively pause, to collectively look at healing. We're doing a disservice to the human race so and your, to the planet. So your role to play or your contribution is to keep, keep inviting people to pause. Inviting people to pause and, I, and not be a source of repeating something that has been said a hundred times on Facebook or on social media. Like, like that said, you know, leave that stuff to the pundits or to the government officials. But my role, I feel like, is to try to get people to see the connectedness, to see, you know, what really struck me is the fact that the dolphins were returning in Venice that the air is starting to get cleaner, that the water is getting cleaner. From our small pause as a human species on this planet, it wants to heal. Mother nature wants to heal. Our bodies want to heal. We are meant to be in a state of balance. And this pause is a remarkable visual. And it's, it's a little sad to think all it takes is a couple weeks or a month of the human species to, to pause and it starts to clear up. Well, that's... That moves me, uh, but what really moves me is how you invite people to pause. Like you do, you teach a lesson without knowing that you're doing it, and that is by inviting us to go in our backyard with a couple cans of beans or a, or a lemon with a smiley face on it and toss it. There's a moment of pause. You invite us into it. As you said, slow down. Slow down. Slow down. Laura, what is your role in this time? Pause and also movement, because Laura is into movement. So her role is to keep inviting people into movement. Laura, can I step in? Sorry. Yeah. Laura said something really beautiful to me this morning. She held out her hand, and we felt an energy. And she explained it as a magnetic field. Is that right? Or energetic field? Heart, heart a, field. A heart field. And I actually could feel it. And it's radiating from us. And I just love that idea of energy connecting us, even without a hug. I love it. Um, really for those of you who don't know, every... Every Monday through Friday, uh, starting last Monday, and there is, no end, there is no end date until we announce that. Every Monday through Friday, from 12 to 12.30 Pacific time, we have a Zoom call. Everybody's invited. It's an opportunity to check in, to receive a question that you can ponder, and to uh, be connected. I noticed something in there. Reverend Queen Michelle Jordan, um, Eileen Curitan, Reverend Susan Overland, and a handful of others when somebody makes a prayer request, um, those three ladies almost always do this. And I have the experience that something happens when they do that. So thank you for that. Monday through Friday, 12 noon Pacific time. Uh, we will have that on my Facebook page, on the center's Facebook page. We will also have that somewhere. It's easy to find. Just check it. Write to me personally, and I'll, I'll make sure you have that link if you want to join us. It's time to begin wrapping up, though. Um, you gave me a list of questions, and we didn't touch any of them. Yeah, but I, I want to... Can you explain the first point that you made about protecting your attention? Yes. Protecting your attention. Like what does that mean to you? Protecting your attention. Ah. So, protecting my attention is the best thing I can do for my health right now. Headlines are designed 
not to inform me to take action that might create something beneficial in my world. Headlines are now designed to get me to keep coming back for more drama. Okay? Very few headlines are designed like shelter in place is now established, here are the rules. Okay, that invites me for information. Most of the headlines are designed to alarm me, to get my attention, to cause me to be worried, to be outraged, or to be uh, afraid. I protect my attention by not digging deeper and going into the clickbait about those types of, of um, attention grabbers. Do you know this just by the title? Like I can tell, I can tell right away. I mean, I, who doesn't know when you're titillated when you are drawn or attracted, when you're afraid, like I have to answer this, I'm learning to slow down, I'm learning to pause, and to ask simple questions. For example, I heard last night, the amount of people who have passed away in Santa Clara County has tripled. Okay, that's, a, that's designed to alarm somebody. So I say, what are the actual numbers? If the numbers are 10 and it's tripled, um, that the amount that has increased. It's not 30, we're talking three more people have been added, 13 people. So I'm getting alarmed about something that I might be making up in my head. So I'm slowing down and protecting my attention by making sure I give my attention to the Zoom calls Monday through Friday, checking your Facebook page to do the workouts, staying close to my family in Mexico and here in the United States and in other places via Zoom, I'm checking in with the people who are praying with us, writing to the practitioners of the center, and, and, and there. There you go. It looks a little creepy when you do that. Yeah, it did look kind of creepy. Yeah. You, know, you know, we're not just recording this. People saw what you just did. I know. No, no, it's a good time. Um, I think it's time for us to close. Let's close with a, a prayer, if you will. Simon, will you come play the piano a little bit? Everybody, this is Katie Burke. Katie Burke, this is everybody. Thank you very much for being with us, Katie. Thank you. I invite you, while Simon moves to the piano, I invite you to pause and put your feet flat on the floor, or if you're already on the floor, maybe just relax your body. rush it or hurry it. I don't want to miss it. 
I am taking this time to reconnect with what I am, to slow down, to check in and see what's real and not real, to be related to my nature. And I invite everyone who's listening and those people who don't even know we exist to be drawn into the vibration of this listening. From the love of pure spirit within me, I bless this gift. I send it forth to heal and bless and prosper. It is evidence of my faith and my belief. It does great work in the world, and it returns to me abundantly. I'm going to let the uh, gentlemen play their music. Okay. 